the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 16th chapter. Then Jesus said to the disciples, there was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was squandering his property. So he summoned him and said to him, what is this that I hear about you? Give me accounting of your management, because you cannot be my manager any longer. And the manager said to himself, What will I do now that my master is taking the position away from me? I'm not strong enough to dig, and I'm ashamed to beg. I've decided what to do so that when I'm dismissed as manager, people may welcome me into their homes. So, summoning his master's debtors one by one, he asked the first, how much do you owe my master? He answered, a hundred jugs of olive oil. He said to him, take your bill, sit down quickly, make it 50. Then he asked another, and how much do you owe? He replied, a hundred containers of wheat. He said to him, take your bill and make it 80. And his master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the children of this age are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than are the children of the light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of dishonest wealth, so that when it is gone, they may welcome you into the eternal homes. Whoever is faithful in a very little is faithful also in much. And whoever is dishonest in a very little is dishonest also in much. If then you have not been faithful with the dishonest wealth, who will entrust you to the true riches? And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to another, who will give you what is your own? No slave can serve two masters. For a slave will either hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. Oh, 
teenagers, anyone being baptized. Because when we're baptized or when we get to watch a baptism, we get to make promises about what we're going to do as children of God. We spend time making all sorts of promises. And those promises are that we're going to come to church, and we're going to read the Bible, and we're going to learn the Lord's Prayer, and we're going to learn the Ten, learn the Lord's, uh, the Ten Commandments, and learn the Apostles' Creed, and we're going to join with other people and be together and try and learn how we're supposed to be God's children in this world outside of here. So I love going to baptisms. I love being a part of baptisms. Yes.
So the little switch is underneath the fingertip holder. There's a little fingertip holder that you can put your finger under there, and it turns it off and on. So there's a little switch. Hmm? So come on up and take the color that you want. There's also green. What? There's green in the box, too. I forgot that there was green. Just one. Just one. Just one. You get to keep it, and you can keep it wherever you want at home. for the baptismal promises 
even though I wasn't there, I'm responsible to help Pastor Ben and everyone here live into the baptismal promises. That's what our job is as brothers and sisters in Christ. And so that's one of the things that we do at the Lutheran Camping Corporation, is that we come to you as a partner in helping to live up everyone's baptismal promises. Yes? What's the Lutheran Camping Corporation? <coughs> How long have you been here? I'm new. <laughs> Thank you for asking. The Lutheran Camping Corporation is um, made up of Camp Kirkenwald, Camp Nawakwa, and the Whittle Farm, three outdoor ministry sites. The Whittle Farm. The Whittle Farm. The Whittle Farm, where we raise Whittle Lettuce. It's uh, three outdoor ministry sites where we can pull away from the world a little mm. bit into a kind of mountaintop experience like Jesus did with his disciples. They went away to the mountain to focus because people kept bothering them and bugging them and following them and doing all of those things. They pulled away and went to the mountain to focus on God and to focus on their faith. And so our outdoor ministry sites give us an opportunity to pull away from the world and the busyness and the craziness mm. and live with God and learn how we're to serve in the world and live up to our baptismal promises so that we can go back out into the world ready to serve. Hmm. Does that help? Yeah. No, that makes sense. Now, just so I know, because I was facing Shell when we asked this question earlier, how many of you have experienced one of those camps? Either the Widow Farm, the Walkwork, Kierkenwald. And how many have experienced a church camp somewhere else, too? Excellent. So a lot of our folks... I've experienced these things before. Okay. All right. Hmm. I'm trying to think about the text for today. Oh. And the text for today, uh, we have what's, for me, often one of the more confusing passages that Jesus lays out, right? Because in, on one hand, uh, Jesus is talking about being uh, good at dishonest things. <laughs> and, and I never really know what to do with that, to, to have mercy, but to do it with things that aren't even yours. On the other hand... Jesus is calling us uh, to account accountability. So what we are responsible with uh, in small things, we'll be responsible with in large things. I understand, I think, the idea of mercy, no matter where it is. I understand, I think, the idea of using all that we have in honest ways, in ways that our manager would want us to use them. I think it relates to the past three weeks that we talked about, if you all remember, stewardship, right? The past three weeks we talked about stewardship. We talked about all that we have, time, talent, possession, money, all of it. And we talked about how at the head of each table is God. Not us, but God. I think, and I think, Shell, that when it comes to being merciful with things that aren't ours, and things that are truly ours. Or to do those same stewardship things. How does this connect to the camp, though? Excellent question as well. My goodness. You are full of them today. I know. My friend, where is my, my trusty assistant here? <clears throat> so you heard me talk in the children's sermon about this fantastically fun... Uh, I play with this a lot in my office. Because <clears throat> I'm you know, a squirrel. Uh, this represents the light of Christ in the world, 
And we can also say that it represents our baptismal promises because our baptism comes out of Christ, right? Promises of God. And it's not just a single linear path. That it's, it's this messy, mixed up, multiple phase process of living up to baptismal promises. And so we, we wind all these things together. And so one of these is Sunday school, one of these is confirmation, one of these is confirmation camp, one of these is coming to worship and hearing the sermons, one of them is the Lord's Supper, one of them is reaching out into the community, one of them is going to Elon. And so it's like this whole partnership all wrapped in together. And that's what the Camping Corporation wants you to know is that we are partners with you in living up to the baptismal promises. We stand with you in trying to do that today. And that's why I'm here. I'm not here asking for anything. I'm just here to remind you that you have a great resource five minutes away. One of the biggest things I see as that resource is what I see our students go through when they're at confirmation camp. I think one of the biggest transformations I see in someone from the first time they attend camp to the second time they attend camp is how they engage it. The first time at camp, a lot of times, is a little bit scary. It's something new. It's something uh, beyond what we've done before. But by the end of the week, like Shell said, they're dying not to leave. But more than that, I see at camp a vision of what life can be when God's people intentionally create a community. A community of support, not only with the dishes, because we all put them away together, but also with learning. A community of support where people can actually learn, as we do at all points in growing up, what's good and what's bad in the community. A community of support where we welcome in the outsider and experience what it is to be the outsider ourselves. At camp, I see an intentional Christian community in a way that is rare in this world. At camp, especially confirmation camp, I see our young folks step up and become disciples in ways that are far more humbling than I'd ever imagined. Yeah, so children coming to, oh, and camp isn't just for children. Did you know that? Did you know that camp isn't just for children? One of the joys that I get to do is I get to be the Bible study leader for elder camp. Did you know that there was an elder camp? Elders, over 55ers, can come to camp for an entire week. And it's awesome. There's family camp. And that doesn't mean that we have to have mom, dad, and 2.3 children. But grandparents bring their grandchildren. Aunts and uncles bring their nieces and nephews. Bring strange children if people will let you take their children for a week. Yes, please ask. Please, please ask. <laughs> it's a safe place to explore faith in a community that surrounds you in comfort and joy. That's what it's about. And so I often hear parents say, I don't think I, don't think I can send my kid away for a whole week. I don't think I can be without my kid for a whole week. And I'm pretty sure my kid cannot do without me for an entire week. And I let them say, that's your stuff, not theirs. Because that's not true. Time and time and time and time again, a child who is kicking and screaming going to camp by Wednesday is dreading Saturday because they don't want to go home. Because we surround them in this beautiful, intentional community, helping to lift up their baptismal promises, to send them off the mountaintop and back out into the 
world, when there is shrewd business dealings and dishonest things happening so that they can bring the light of Christ as they go back out into those spaces. Hmm. Cheryl, I want to be honest with you. Because you're never anything more. That's true. <laughs> Here at Trinity, we have very generous people. Mm. And at the same time, we are not the richest church on the block. Camp costs money, pure and simple. And it takes a lot of money to raise that kind of camp. We've supported the camp in years past. We've been a part of every uh, uh, campaign that you've done in the past couple years, in the past couple tries, I should say. We've supported the camp at the same time. And we support kids by going, and we have scholarships here. And at the same time, I want to know if there's a way of supporting the camp, of being a part of camp life, a part of camp experience, without simply just spending money. Absolutely. Thank you for asking. Because, yes, I, I actually don't work for the Camping Corporation. Do you give me a paycheck? Yeah, there's the bookkeeper. I don't get a paycheck from the Camping Corporation. I'm here as a volunteer because I'm passionate about this ministry. And I'm passionate about telling other people about it. And so volunteers are a humongous part of, of what we do. Um, we only have a couple of staff. How many people do we have on staff? Seven? Eleven years but at all three stores. 11 year-round at all three locations, and not all of those are full-time. Not all of those are full-time. 11 people running three very large places. We rely heavily on volunteers. And so volunteers look all kinds of different ways. It's coming up and helping during the week in the summer. It's coming up and helping on work days. It's telling other people about camp. It's encouraging parents to send their children to camp. And that's what I want to do today is I want to tell you hmm. to tell people about camp. Hmm. And we can't have camp if we don't have campers. And so that's what I, I want from you today. I don't want money, although that's awesome and great. I want you to send people to camp because it's a great way to be a partner with you guys to live up to the baptismal promises that are made. And it's not just about sending kids to camp, but we're also a partner with you in we'll send people out to help with rally day or to run an intergenerational Sunday school program where we celebrate the baptismal promises or we kick off your camping campaign to get, get campers for the summer. We have lots of resources in our 11 staff members and hundreds of volunteers that are willing to come out and partner with you right here in your space so that you're not alone in living up to the baptismal promises. Hmm. Well, Shell, okay. I fully, I think you already know that I see the camp as a huge resource, and I think I can speak on behalf of Trinity that we're incredibly excited about not only how close we are, but the work that we see going on in behalf of the camp. But as a pastor and as a preacher, and as you've studied too, uh, the sermon's more than just a plug. And so I want to send us out with some good news. Yeah. If we look at the text for the gospel and we see the, the shrewd dealings and the good dealings, if we look at the, our baptismal promises, if we look at the community that camp can help create in a visionary way, if we look at the way that together, more than just our congregation participates in the baptismal promises that we both give and receive and we hold dear. If we take all of that, tangle it around a well-lit ball, wherever that is. I'm going to do something different than what we did at the first <laughs> sermon. I want us both 
to tell the good news separately okay. of what it means to be community and cooperation with the camp. Okay. You want to go first or second? I want to go second. <laughs> <laughs> For me, the good news of God, of God in Christ Jesus is that we're not the only ones responsible in this world for making these promises appear. First, it begins with the grace of God. You cannot complete these baptismal promises on your own. I can't complete them. I wish I could for you. It just doesn't happen but by the grace of God. And what God has graced us with is not all the money in the world, clearly. What God has graced us with is not all the ability in the world. What God has graced us with is the body of Christ. And you and I and the people that we don't even know yet at camp. The good news of God in Christ Jesus is that we're not alone. And we see that. We see the light of Christ bundled up very well in what we do at camp. Okay. My proclamation of the good news. What is the good news in this? We, we hear in our text today about this shrewd manager and his dishonest dealings. And what you do dishonestly a little, you'll also be dishonest in bigger things. And what you do faithfully a little, you will be faithful in bigger things as well. And it takes a whole lot of people. I cannot sit in my chair at home and be a Christian. I can't. Because there are many, many days that I stumble and fall. There are many days that I feel lost. There are many times that I do not understand God's true presence in the elements of our communion because I just can't understand that mystery. And so I need to be with people for that day that understand those things. I need to be surrounded by community. And I surround myself with a variety of communities because I need a lot of work. I need a whole lot of work. And that's the gospel. The gospel tells us that we aren't to do it alone. And to we're to share our gifts and share our resources because it's not ours. It's all God's. And what we do with that is our response and thanksgiving to God. And we need to be jumbled together. And it's oftentimes messy. But out of it, God finds beauty, finds completeness, in us taking this love into the world. Shell, on behalf of the LCC, will you help support Trinity in these baptismal promises that we've made? I will, and I ask God to help and guide me. Trinity will too, and we ask God to help and guide us. Amen. Amen.